This video is brought to you by Devout Decals, makers of reusable Catholic art for your home altar, your bedroom, and your home classroom. Blessed Sunday to you. We have a message from Father John A. Harden, S.J., one of the last great Jesuit theologians. He gave an address in the 1990s talking about the roles of angels. In fact, he had a whole conference on these, and I'm slowly working our way through these for you here. This one is um, maybe, some would say, better for an Easter Sunday message, because he's speaking here about the angel of the resurrection of our Lord, the angel who was at the tomb, who greeted the women there. And he gives some insight into the sort of the four last things for us, something we should be thinking about. And he does so in the way we may not necessarily think about it. If you're one of those rare Catholics who have actually heard a sermon on the four last things, which seem to be very rare indeed these days for most of us, they're not usually presented in as calm a manner as Father Hardin does here. He briefly mentions, uh, you know, what our final destinations are going to be, <laughs> what the options are. And he reminds us of the need to live our lives in accordance with the example of Christ and how he lived his life. He'll get to that and explain it better to you than I am here. I'm curious what you think of this, so as he, as he goes over this, let me know what your thoughts are in the comments. The Angel of the Resurrection, a sermon by Father John A. Harden, S.J. We might expect the angels, as messengers of the Lord, to be present and active at all the significant periods of Christ's visible history on earth. Nothing is more significant about the angel's role in our lives than the role that they have played in our Savior's life. It was the angel Gabriel who announced to Our Lady that she would conceive the Son of the Most High. We might say this was the angel of the Incarnation. When Christ was born in Bethlehem, first one angel and then a host of the heavenly army announced to the shepherds the birth of Jesus Christ. These were the angels of the Nativity. During his agony in the Garden of Gethsemane, the Father sent an angel to strengthen the Savior in his human nature, as he was anticipating his passion, death, and rejection by his own people. This was the angel of consolation. As he had foretold, Christ rose from the dead on the third day after his crucifixion. When the women came to the tomb to visit what they thought would be the lifeless body of Jesus, they were met by an angel who told them that the Savior had risen from the dead, and they were to go into Galilee and tell the good news to his disciples. This was the angel of the resurrection. Among the evangelists, St. Matthew is the most detailed in describing the role of the angel on Easter Sunday. As we have been doing, we will first quote the account as described by the first evangelist, then something of its profound meaning as the historic foundation of our faith, and finally, apply the angel's message to ourselves. To appreciate the significance of St. Matthew's narrative, we should remember that he wrote his gospel specifically for the Christian converts from the faith of our so-called elder brothers. He tells us what exactly happened on that first Easter morning. There was not a word in any of the gospels about what all the evangelists have taken for granted. Christ is the living God in human form, raised himself from the dead, or, if we focus on his humanity, he was raised by the Father who had first sent his Son into the world at Mary's Annunciation. Every precaution was taken by Christ's enemies to make sure that, as they expected, the body of Christ would not be stolen by his disciples. Why? To prevent the claim which Christ has stated more than once. Who would then claim that he rose from the grave? None of Christ's enemies believed this, and they believed it was only one big hoax, and they worked to prevent that hoax from being believable. So the enemies of the church did everything possible to prevent this hoax from being believed. 
Christ was buried in a tomb. So they had some men place a huge immovable stone before the tomb. Then, to make doubly sure, the Pharisees paid some men to prevent Christ's body from being stolen. All of this was in great detail to describe how the stone was actually removed, what the instruction the angels gave the women, and what those responsible then gave more money to bribe the guards to claim it never happened. And they were to say that Christ's disciples stole the corpse Jesus raised. Now the narrative. Late in the night of the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the sepulcher. Behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, and drawing near, rolled back the stone and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning, and his raiment like snow. For fear of him, the guards were terrified and became like dead men. But the angel spoke and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen even as he said. Come see the place that the Lord was laid. Go quickly, tell the disciples that he has risen. He goes before you into Galilee. There you shall see him. Behold, I have foretold this to you. Unquote Matthew, telling of the angelic message to the holy women. Once the guards awoke from their terror at the sight of the angels, some of them, there were many guards there, some of them went to Jerusalem to report to the chief priests all that had happened. The report of the guards was followed by an emergency meeting of the elders. Something had to be done to cover up the frightening fact that Christ's prediction of his resurrection actually took place. As a result, the evangelist tells us there was a consultation with, with the expected result. The guards were bribed, says Matthew, with much money. They were instructed to say that his disciples came by night and stole him while we were sleeping. If the procurator hears of this, we will persuade him and keep you out of trouble. So, said the leader of our elder brothers, the same ones who had crucified Jesus Christ. This was the third bribery by Christ's enemies. Judas was bribed to betray his master. The guards were paid good money to prevent Christ's body as they expected from being stolen. Now they were paid again to broadcast a huge lie, which Matthew says was spread even to the present day. Of how deceptive is evil. Sinners are all liars. Having been misled by the father of lies to sin against God and, his, and lose his friendship, they are then further instructed by the same father of lies. Every detail of Matthew's description of what happened on Easter Sunday is crucial for an understanding of this. And as Christ stated, unless we understand what we believe, the evil spirit will come and take the faith from our hearts. First of all, the frightened disciples of Christ stayed behind locked doors in Jerusalem for fear of suffering the same fate as their master. It was the dedicated love of women who braved the opposition and came to the town at the very break of dawn at the end of the Sabbath. Then Christ did not need any assistance in rising from the grave. As he had foretold, he, by his own power, would both lay down his life and take it up again. But as the Lord of Angels, he made sure that the huge stone in front of the sepulcher was removed by angelic power. All that we know about the angels tell us that they have phenomenal power over the material world. They cannot only move with the speed of thought, they can move material objects at angelic will. To dramatize this power, the angel who moved the boulder quietly sat upon it. We might say he was waiting for the women whom he was divinely instructed to expect to come to the tomb. We may also say that the great earthquake which occurred on that occasion was occasioned by the angel's descent from heaven. The evangelist describes the features of the angel of the resurrection. Appearing as is customary in the form of a man, his countenance was like lightning and his garments like radiant snow. Once again, consistent with God's angelic providence, the guards at the tomb were so terrified they became like dead men. Matthew goes on, ignoring the guards. The angel told the women not to be afraid. Unlike the hostile guards, the women came to the sepulchre out of deep affection and sympathy for Jesus Christ that had just been crucified. 
The difference between the fear of the guards and the simple directive of the angel to the women is a startling contrast between the internal dread of those estranged from God and those who are in his divine friendship. We continue. The angel told the women that the crucified body of Jesus was no longer in the tomb. His human soul had left the body, and in the interim, Christ visited the souls of those in the limbo of the fathers, who were awaiting admittance into heaven. Christ's resurrection, therefore, was the reunion of his human body with his human soul. It was the same Jesus who had been crucified and now rose from the dead, glorified. The angel reminded the women that Christ's resurrection from the dead was a simple fulfillment of what he had personally foretold several times, publicly, during his three-year ministry in Palestine. We may say this was the first and most important prophecy in human history. The incarnate God predicted that he would be slain by his enemies because he chose to suffer a humiliating death, but he also foretold that he would choose to raise himself by his divine power back to human life again. The implication of the angels of the resurrection are enormous. It was not our intention to reflect on the different gospel versions of the four event evangelists of what happened on the first Easter Sunday. Our concentration is on the gospel of St. Matthew. There was an earthquake, and according to the evangelist, the earthquake was occasioned by the angel of the Lord coming down from heaven. Angelic visitations, as recorded in the Bible, are always momentous occasions. Earthquakes are natural symbols of supernatural mysteries. The coming of an angel down from heaven at Christ's resurrection tells us of God's historic intervention. Not unlike what will happen at the end of the world when the angels will announce the coming of Christ to judge the human race. We are so accustomed to taking God's interventions for granted that, shall we say, he has to use physical phenomenon to shake our minds to the realization of what is going on. The coming of the women to the tomb on Easter Sunday morning, at the break of dawn, was profoundly significant. An angel of the Lord was waiting for them. How today's weak world needs loving women to teach the world the meaning of selfless love. It was an angel who came to announce the greatest woman of all ages, that she was to become the mother of the Creator. It was women who were met by the angel at the tomb where Christ was buried to give us the second great annunciation, that our redemption was accomplished. We are told by the evangelist that the angel's countenance was like lightning, and his garments were like radiant snow. We might also say that this is the basic difference between the role of the good angels and the purpose of the evil spirits. Lightning comes all of a sudden, and by definition it is a brilliant light. This, in fact, is the principal message of the angels as heavenly messengers to the world. They are to enlighten us by sharing with us what God wants us to learn with our minds. These illuminations may come as strokes of lightning. They are meant to enlighten our minds to know God's will in our lives. What a difference between the reaction of the guards on duty at the sepulcher and the response of the holy women. The guards were so terrified they became like dead men. The women were indeed frightened but were immediately reassured by the angel that they had nothing to fear. The more sincerely we seek to know the will of God, the less fearful we shall be of what he wants us to do. Our fear may be perfectly natural, because we ourselves know too well not to distrust ourselves. But as the angel reassured the holy women, our fears promptly disappeared once we realized the same God who is telling us what to do will provide us with his grace to enable us to put his will into practice. The angel told the women to come and see the empty tomb where the body of Christ had been laid. How we need to strengthen our faith in Christ's resurrection and the promise of our own in the last day. Like him, our bodies will pass away. Like him, we will be laid in a grave. But our faith tells us that like him, we too shall rise on Easter Sunday. What we need to keep in mind, however, is that all those who have died over the millennia of human history will rise on the day of judgment, but not all will rise in bodies that are glorified. We are to serve God on earth in soul and in body. Our bodies will rise like the body of Christ in radiant glory, provided like him, we have followed his example in using our bodies here on earth according to the will of God. 
The angel did not waste a moment. No sooner has he shown the women the empty tomb than he gave them instructions. Go quickly, he said. Tell the disciples that he has risen. The chosen disciples of Christ, the men whom he had chosen as the foundations of his church, fled and hid in fear of Christ's enemies. The holy women were told to go quickly and report to the disciples what they had seen. We return to the same theme, how the modern world needs saintly women whose faith and love is to inspire the men. When God created the first woman, he told Adam that she was to be his helpmate. Centuries of human history, and especially the experience of Christianity, tells us that God wants women to be so devoted to the divine will that their selfless love of God will be the lifelong inspiration of the fathers and husbands and sons whom the Lord will put into their lives. On closing spiritual implication, the angel of the resurrection, we may say, is a forerunner of the angels of the final resurrection on the last day. On Easter Sunday, the angel announced that the crucified Christ had risen from the grave. On the last day of human history, the angels will announce the resurrection of all the dead of all the ages. But then the message will be different. Some will be told to join the risen Christ in their own risen bodies and be with him in celestial glory. Others will be told to depart from Christ and be separated from him through all eternity. This is all there really is to the meaning of our life here on earth. To be sure, the angels of the last day of humankind, which is the first day of our destiny, will escort us to join them and their risen Savior in the endless Easter Sunday for which we were made. Mother of the risen Christ, help us to follow your example, to say what you told the angel at the Annunciation. Be it done unto me according to your word. If we do this, dear mother, we are assured we shall join you and the angels in that heavenly glory, which you already enjoy in body and soul with your glorified Son. Amen. So that was Father John Harden, the late friend of Father Malachi Martin, an exorcist in his own right, and a noted theologian. He gave this address in the late 1990s, not long before his own passing. And he was give, he wanted us to understand that Easter is really something we should probably think about all the time. He gave this, the address was given before Lent. So Easter was approaching, but, had, but, but we hadn't even begun the penitential season yet when he gave this address. Easter is something that should be on our minds. And it may seem odd because we're approaching the end of the liturgical calendar. Advent is coming beginning of the new liturgical year, but all roads lead to Easter. They always do. So perhaps the message of Easter should be something we should contemplate more in our lives than we tend to, give it more meaning and more time than we tend to. Maybe I'm wrong on that. I don't know. Let me know what you thought of this in the comments, please. And like and subscribe if you haven't. It does help so to share this on social media. That helps too. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.